Welcome to the Ladies of the Chains Disc Golf Podcast. I am Becca Kephart, and I am here with the wonderful Liz Borg-Bowman. Liz, how are you? I'm doing very well because the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, not much going on here in Kansas City Oh, today. no. <laughs> and also joining us is Lupe Harada. How are you, Lupe? I'm doing great. I had the best shopping day ever. I know. Because <laughs> everyone was at home watching the game or at a stadium <laughs> freezing everything off. Right? <laughs> so I'm just like, you know what? If it means more stress-free Sunday shopping, they can keep winning. Like, I'm not going to front. I definitely was rooting for the Chiefs, even though I grew up in Colorado. So, like, the Broncos is just a very thing, right? But anyway, um, but last Sunday I was kind of bummed because the weather was, like, total garbage. So we had Women's League canceled. But I was so looking forward to it because I'm like, nobody's going to be on the course. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone will be watching the Chiefs game. But alas, big day here in Kansas City. And uh, I'm always happy when people are feeling good around here and they'll be feeling very good for at least two more weeks and we'll see how things go. All right. So we're here with our podcast about the 2020 off season. And I wanted to make a few announcements too. Um, If you follow our Facebook or if you saw my post on the Women's Disc Golf Slack channel, you'll know that we're going to do things a little bit differently this season. And I am really, really excited. Uh, So the goal is to have a variety of teams of women um, really around the world, if possible, um, to make their own podcast episodes. And then they can send them to me and I'll um, kind of put them all together and put them out into the internets and the platforms and the Spotify's and iTunes and all of those things. Um, So hoping to get more people involved, hoping to free up some of my time as well. And I was just like (laughs) overwhelmed with the response that we've gotten so far has just been really, really cool. Um, I'm really looking forward to the podcast kind of being more Um, even that it was before, just kind of of everybody, uh, it should be really cool. And we're also going to have still our Patreon going into this season, but that's going to change up a little bit too. Um, when I started the podcast, I was kind of trying to do a disc golf business thing and my priorities for that have changed. Um, so I've got a little bit of disc golf debt left over from last season and the Patreon will go uh, towards finishing that off. But then we're going to start donating our Patreon to a variety of different disc golf things, um, kind of depending on who's doing the hosting that week and things like that. So stay tuned for that. We'll figure that out. Um, also, <laughs> we are way overdue on our thousand likes giveaway. Um, we've had over a thousand likes on Facebook for a while and thank you to everybody who's liked us on Facebook and Instagram that will be coming in the next couple weeks um still figuring out exactly what that will be it will involve a lot of discs and swag and things of that nature um we've got some cool video stuff in the works once the weather stops being lame (laughs) I don't know it's been okay so far but the last couple weeks have been pretty rough uh yeah so keep an eye out on our social media for that so we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna get right into this off season we'll be right back ladies first disc golf is the most comprehensive retailer for women's disc golf needs with over 50 five-star reviews on google and facebook listen to what their customers have to say veronica b says i love the selection they have discs popular with women can be hard to find but not here i love the t-shirts and hoodies i live in them Nikki N says, I love every product I've gotten from LFDG. Customer service is fantastic and fast shipping. If you are looking for stylish and comfortable disc golf apparel and discs for women disc golfers of all skill levels, Ladies First Disc Golf has your needs covered. For Ladies of the Chains listeners, we're offering an exclusive 20% off discount on your next order of $19 or more. Visit ladiesfirstdiscgolf.com and use code LOTC20 at checkout. All right, and we're back. So we're going to talk kind of about everything that's been going on in the 2020 offseason in women's disc golf, because there's been a lot. <laughs> um, so let's kind of start with the hot topics, which were uh, some of these player moves. So kind of obviously the first thing that's going to come to mind is Paige Pierce going to Discraft. So Liz, what did what did you think when you saw that happen? Um, at first, I was just kind of stunned yeah. because it had been such a big deal about her coming back home yeah. to Dynamic Discs right. as her family. So at first, I was a little disappointed. I mean, but we didn't know where she was going at that point. Yeah. And um, 
I was really glad that um, Terry and John um, did yeah. the Smashbox live podcast so that she could just talk openly about how it came about and what she did. And once I heard some of her reasoning, like that she had wanted to have some Paige Pierce, uh, almost Paige Pierce branded shirts right. being sold in the DD stores. And I remembered like I bought one of her Paige Pierce shirts mm-hmm. that she had made herself and sold and that they didn't think those would sell. And that would be very disheartening, I think. And then that, and I remembered that like she left it for me at the DD store and I PayPal'd her the money and that she's always having to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And they said that they would handle that, that right. they will, you can order the Paige Pierce merchandise on the Discraft site and they will handle the transactions and they will ship it to people. And like, that is huge. Mm-hmm. And I could see where that would be an incredible help for an athlete. So the fact that they were willing to do that for her and got her website set up for her immediately, it made all the sense in the world. Yeah. So. Felipe? I thought it was great immediately because ultimately disc golf isn't a moneymaker. As much as we'd love it to be, it's not even for professional top tier athletes. I thought if she's getting a better sponsorship deal in which she's able to, yeah, getting paid and able to, you know, expand into projects that she's been interested in, like her video stuff. And, you know, I just think it's great. I just, I didn't understand how much hate came out for her. Um, I understand the whole brand loyalty thing, but at the end of the day these are individual players yeah. and if they have a chance to jump ship to something that's better for them yeah. um i think we should just support them and yeah. if you don't want to that's fine but honestly you can keep your opinions to yourself <laughs> <laughs> well i think it's hard to it's been good what this is revealed and it's just you know disc golf still being young and and developing and everything else i didn't understand until i started peeking behind the curtain a little bit um, just like everything in disc golf for years has been run on handshake deals, which to me is banana pants coming from more of like a business standpoint. Like what? There's no NDAs. What? There's no contracts at all. Like what is this? And so with, you know, with Paul Macbeth last year and then Paige this year, I think the age of not having contracts I think that's going to be disappearing. I mean, if you saw like the DD signings, right? They were all signing contracts. Oh yeah, they were like boom. And, <laughs> and it I'm was assuming those are like actual contracts and we're just there for the cameras, right? Because it's really in everybody's best interest because kind of to your point, Lupe, like people getting mad and, and whatever, like the players aren't protected and the companies aren't protected when you don't have anything on paper. And that's going to be sad for some people because it, takes away a little bit maybe from the family aspect of disc golf or just the I don't know like the nicheness of it all I don't think nicheness is a real world hopefully you understand what I'm trying to say because I can't think of like exactly the right word to describe kind of that disc golf ethos of you know we don't need to sign anything man because we're just like you know family and stuff but as the sport gets more popular, as it makes more money and all of these things, this is the way it, it, it has to go. And yeah. I mean, Paige being the top women's player, being in the position she was after this season, like she'll, she may never have that much negotiating power ever again, right? Absolutely. So yeah. you get paid. Like every other sport, an athlete in that position is going to be looking to get paid. And the fact that disc golf's at a point where it can be supported is awesome. Um, I know Discraft did real well with Paul Macbeth last year. It's, I mean, <laughs> Paige's stuff like sold out super fast, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and like crashed the website and all of these things. So I think they're going to see a return on investment on her too. Because with all of this that's happening, you know, we can't negate that Discraft is taking a little bit of a risk, right? <laughs> like yeah. they're putting a lot out there, um, but it's, it's paying off. And that's really, really exciting for all the other companies and really for any professional disc golfer who's hoping to make a career out of this. 
I agree. Um, and to, I think, both your points, um, the things that Paige has been doing in her off time, like her disc golf tourist, even though I don't throw any disc craft, um, I still ordered one of yeah. the disc golf tourist mm-hmm. um, discs because I think it's great that she's doing this and especially going to Eastern Europe because I've... I've traveled there and lived there and I love just the spotlight that she's shining on that part of the country and helping to grow their disc golf tourism and it's great that they're supporting her that way and some people were kind of poo-pooing that well how are they saying well she's got blah blah world championships well she actually did win I think her first two world championships while she was playing for Discraft, or at least the first one. So, I mean, hey, she went back there, and good for her. Probably a lot like they were saying, you know, Paul could probably throw paper plates and (laughs) do just fine, and and he he really did show everybody, and I I hope she does the same. So, good for her. And it matters, you know, like... A lot of people will say, well, I just throw what I like and I don't care what like the professionals throw and things like that. But, you know, when I first came back into the sport a few years ago, I had this student uh, who happened to be sort of into disc golf, too. So we would talk about it a lot each week. And he talked about disc craft being the discs that you got at Walmart. Right. And like there was this like thought that, well, disc craft's fine. You know, they got the buzz, but it's not those aren't really great discs, blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, shout out to our friend Molly Bryan and her cute little new baby. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Molly put uh, Paul Macbeth zone in my hands last season uh, when I asked her to kind of help me with some forehand stuff. And I was like, wow, I really love this disc. And I've been like super into the zone ever since. And it feels more validated just because I'm like, well, Paul's throwing the zone and now Paige is, you know, on discraft. So it does matter. And it's important that it matters because, again, that's how these athletes are going to get paid. Yeah. So I think it absolutely moves the needle. And anyone who says it doesn't is just being a little silly, I think. Other moves that happen with Discraft too, and I think this is really interesting. So they they pumped up their elite team um, and yeah, got some no more surpri- women up there. Yeah, yeah, it was no surprise as soon as Missy announced she was leaving uh, DD. I was like, right. well, obviously if she's – Paige's like favorite practice partner so I bet she's going to Discraft well I think that's a good point that you know there's still (laughs) that loyalty friendship all that stuff still matters and is maybe a little bit easier to achieve in Discraft or Discraft nice is a little bit easier to achieve in disc golf than some other sports but yeah so Missy Gannon to Discraft and on the elite team Um, and I thought it was actually pretty cool uh, even before Paige announced uh, Haley King was able to announce that she had been moved up to the elite team and she's been with Discraft for quite some time um, and she's slaying it and such an upcoming player. Um, I thought it was cool that they gave her that kind of boost first. Uh, and then Vanessa Van Dyken makes perfect sense too. She joined Discraft last year and now she's on that elite team as well. Um, so quite, <laughs> quite a different looking uh, team page for Discraft than before. For sure. Although it, it was interesting that after last year when... Elaine King mm-hmm. left Discraft, then Barrett White also left Discraft. Mm. And I haven't talked with her to find out exactly yeah. why she did that, but she had been with them for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if maybe with all this hype for the that newer so players, much. it just maybe just didn't feel like the same place anymore. Mm. Well, and that's like a really good point and something I wanted to bring up too with all these moves and what's happening. I don't think we can you know, say enough about what Val Jenkins did and what Elaine King did, right? So Valerie Jenkins left Innova because she didn't feel like she was getting the same support as the men. Mm-hmm. And then Elaine King, it still makes me giggle because it's like, what on earth? Like the most winningest disc golfer in all of the disc golf history. And she's on Discraft and she doesn't have a signature disc. Like, what is that, right? But I think they're you know, leaving those companies caused those companies to at least think a little bit about, okay, what are we doing? 
women's disc golf, all of this, what are the opportunities here? And I think you see a lot more support from both companies now, obviously. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think they're moving more, like you said, they're probably moving more towards the younger players just because they're more active on social media. Yeah. And they're they're tailoring their content to what their audience wants to see. Sure. And I don't think it's harder for older athletes. I think a lot of older athletes might just kind of have a harder time Mm -hmm. reaching the younger up-and-coming newbies in the sport. Yeah. Well, and I think that is true, um, that it is kind of this tricky spot where with sponsorship, there's still an expectation that you're, you know, growing the sport, that you're promoting the brand, Right. Right. Um, and like, (laughs) it's not women's disc golf, but obviously the big disc golf news lately has been Brody Smith, right? And I don't disparage anything that's going on with him in Discraft or anything else because it's just making the sport more visual. Yes. I mean, you know, if our, if Patrick Mahomes was like, Hey, I want to start playing disc golf, then he could have another sponsorship because he has like. Every single company in Kansas City. That's true. There's like a billboard of his face for every single thing in but again, Kansas City. He's, like, yeah. he's still on his rookie deal. Like, you get paid. Um, but anyway. I mean, Brody Smith alone has 2.1 million right. followers on YouTube. Right. That's not Instagram. That's right. not Snapchat. That's nothing. It's just YouTube. Right. Uh, so there is still this, what are you going to bring? Um, and obviously, Paige Pierce brings a ton to Discraft. Mm-hmm. Um, all those other players we mentioned are, are doing stuff. Um, Hannah Macbeth also moving to Discraft from Innova, which um, makes sense to be you know mm-hmm. on the same team as her husband. But she had a really good season last year, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I was excited to see her post that she's going to play more, too. And that's, um, man, even before we get to some of these other moves, there are a lot of women going on tour next year. Um, we saw like a record number on tour this last year. And uh, in 2020, from all indications of uh, social media posts, we should have, w- and signups, we should have way more women on the road. Um, uh, Erica Stinchcomb, I wanted to mention, I'm really excited. She had some like breakthrough performances last year and she's still on Team Westside and it looks like they're going to help her kind of do the full-time pro thing this year, which is really mm-hmm. exciting. Um, and then Innova, there's our other like big news, right? <laughs> so Innova uh, signs Henna for a year-long deal, which again wasn't super surprising because you've got Evelina as well. Um, but Evelina and Henna both moved up to the star team, and now Innova can boast the most women on their like top-tier level team. Um, so I I like the competition. <laughs> like different manufacturing's been like, well, hey, we could do you one better. But if you want to have a super happy fun time, go hang out on the PDGA.com website when you're bored like me and uh, look at some of the upcoming tournaments that there's already registrations for because you're going to see Henna and Evelina already signed up for several events. Um, so they're going to be out here a lot more next year on tour, which is super exciting. And uh, Kristen Tatar and Rebecca Cox both extended with Latitude 64. Kristen Tatar said that she's going to be over in the States more next year, too. So we should see some pretty epic FPO fields, uh, which is really exciting. Um, and that's not to mention, like, even just, you know, the local pros that will hopefully come out to these tournaments, too. And hopefully it'll be more of a draw, right? Because it's yeah. like, man, that, you know, I'll probably finish, like, in... 55th in FPO, but I might get to go play on a card with Kristen Tatar. You know, that's pretty sweet, right? (laughs) Hopefully get a draw. Um, And something I... Liz, you draw, drew my attention to was uh, Sarah Gilpin's going to be doing more. Yeah, she got signed to Team Dynamic Discs, yeah. which is great. She's the first woman that we've had that was a repeat yep. FPO champion at the Casey Diva Spring FIVA. Mm-hmm. And I I remember like playing a practice round with her at... Um, maybe we did the doubles or something like that yeah. um, at... Swope Park a few years ago and just being really impressed with her like she's like a great athlete to begin with and just watching her uh, move up and do well I think she did pretty well at Amworlds that year when we were in the Quad Cities Mm, and um, seeing her there and she was on a feature card 
um, this past year on one of the yeah. televised tournaments, and she looked so good. I was really uh, proud of her and just really proud to see, and she's really excited to be part of that team. Yeah, she had some breakout performances, I think, on a couple different uh, Disc Golf Pro Tour events last year. I think Ledgestone's the one that's popping out in my mind uh, where she got to be on camera and um, played really well. So exciting stuff All right and uh dd also made another huge signing yes. with ava meyer yay. so Ooh. yay ava uh and then mvp because of course i'm gonna bring them mvp <laughs> news <laughs> <laughs> so our friend nova polite is joining team mvp which is very exciting yay. Um, and then i uh couple days ago they made the official announcement that elaine king is remaining with them as well i haven't seen anything about sarah hokum yet um i've been keeping an eye out for it uh, i would say all indications seem like she's remaining with mvp too um i'm thinking if they like made a big announcement about elaine a couple days ago that we'll probably see um hokum and matt dollar this week uh would be my expectation but i don't know anything for sure about that yet uh and, yeah go ahead Oh, um, no, I was just going to um, note then, too, that uh, Lucas Sandvik yes. from Norway, yep. I believe, going to Prodigy. Yeah. And that's she a, did really well in uh, at the, the European. Mm. Or, was it the Tuning? I know, I can't remember. <laughs> I know, I remember well, it was. Yeah. So the reason why she was on my radar is two years ago, she came out for what is now the MVP Open. I think it was that was either the first year of the MVP Open or it was still Byram. But um, in the first round, uh, just watching UDISC, and we were in the UDISC chat, and she was like slaying there for a while. And that's what kind of put it on our radar. And then she's on some Terry Miller coverage for sure, which is why I think, did he do the Toonie last year? Or I think something of that nature if you go to terry the disc golf guys uh youtube you will find some coverage of her and how to say her name correctly i think you did really good right um, well because at one point i remember there being a woman um a native speaker woman there saying her name oh so maybe so, yeah. so saying like luke yeah and we have our norwegian friends things. too who always just uh, pronouncing all of their names is an exercise yeah. as well. So yeah. I, I paid attention to the way that she pronounced yeah. her name. But a lot of people are like, Lika? Lika? Yeah, and so, me. no, but I'm pretty sure it's yeah. like Luke. So. I think you're right. No, I totally think you're right. And she, when she announced her signing with Prodigy, said that she's also planning to tour Morla next year, too. So it should just, again, I'm, I'm pretty excited. It I'm excited to see all these... Um, European players coming right. over because I'm happy when things that are called worlds include more than just <laughs> American know, players. Right. Like the World Series right. irritates me a little. Yeah. <laughs> the naming right. of it. Hey man, there's one team from Canada. It's fun. One, just one. <laughs> That's that doesn't count. You oh, need yeah. more than one. Yeah, because you know at least the World Cup. The World yeah, Cup. that's yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. the World Cup. Yeah, the World Cup is legit. Yeah, all that's the rest true. of them, not so much. <laughs> like the Rugby World Cup, anything that's like a World Cup, like cup involved. Okay, fine. This yeah. is good. You have at least twenty other countries there. Yeah, but Worlds has been growing. I'm trying to remember. Like last year, I feel like there were like at least seven or eight yeah. countries. Because I know, like, um, e even GBO gets like what ten countries, like people from sure. ten different countries oh, totally. or more. Yeah. Uh, well, and that's what's really interesting about 2020 as well. We can kind of transition a little bit into talking about, you know, next season. But, like, Worlds and the women's um, d uh, USWDGC will be decided by, like, the end of June. Like, they're super early this year just because of how the tour, like, moves around and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I um, think that's weird. It is weird. It just feels strange, right? Like, it, it makes sense because of, like, the traditional tour or whatever. Um, but I don't like Worlds being early. I don't no. like it at all. And, like, Dan uh, I think it was Dana Vici on um, Twitter made the point that, like, Kristen Tatar, you know, hopefully she'll just repeat, but she doesn't get quite as long to, like, enjoy her crowd, right? Yeah. <laughs> because, right. like, it's so and early. And the same, like, when Val won hers in 2016, 
That was in like late, mid to late August right. or something like that. And then by the next June, it's over. Yeah. How about the 2021 announcement, though? Of like oh, yeah. All the big majors and tournaments being in the Midwest. That's going to be cool. That's odd. But I'm excited because it's probably like driving distance for almost all of them. Right. Well, and that's kind of my hope is that it makes it a little bit easier for people everywhere to get there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But it's also, we don't live on the coast. So I just don't know what that's like. Right? Like, <laughs> you lived on the coast. Tell us what it's like, Lupe. It's wonderful. <laughs> I love being near everything. But, what, but when you were in LA, like, did you travel much this direction or any other direction? No, because yeah. if I wanted a change in scenery, I just drove like two hours right. east, west, or south, <laughs> right. if not less. Right. So I guess I'm sure there are people who do. Right. But I never really had the need to because, like, right. if I was going to travel west or go to like mountain hiking, I could, right. you know, go a few hours instead of yeah. flying to Colorado. Right. Yeah. And that's, it's just, I feel like it's a, a bigger ask where, you know, I'm not going to make it to California this year for USWDGC, <laughs> right? I'm also super stoked for them just yeah. because having it in that area and having it in that region is really great. Um, and 2020, again, big year. It's, uh, the Women's Global event is going to be back. Yay. That's exciting. So we're excited about that around here. That's there. true. And the KC Diva Spring FIVA is moving to a new location yes. up at the Smithville Lake courses. Yep. And fingers um, crossed it'll be less rainy this time. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, you know what? I almost feel like there might be just based on how this winter has been going compared yeah. to last winter. I don't know. Like we'd already had snow in like foot every weekend. Yeah, but Liz and I already survived the Mac two years ago up in Smithville when the second and third day were it was just pouring <laughs> the entire time. It was so bad. It was, but I mean, we've been talking about wanting to do. Yeah. Um, do the event up there for yep. a number of reasons yep. like the fact that there's a campground up there right. and there are a lot of women who travel down yeah. and they camp so it'll be right there i think yeah. they might even try to have a pontoon boat to ferry women from the campground over to the competition yeah. um there are three different courses yeah so we're not gonna we're like not the gross one i mean we're not playing <laughs> that one that destroys me every time right. well and i'm not i'm 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 not sure like exactly course, how they're gonna lay it out yeah. but depending on the distribution because we ended up having like the junior players on the same course as right. the pro women right for it's this year i mean they'll be able mm -hmm. to um have three different courses potentially if yeah. they if they need to spread it out yeah. that much yeah. and and they're beautiful they're up um i used to help run a charity ball golf tournament mm. at the paradise yeah. point complex right, 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 right. Yeah, right um next door yeah. which has two courses and they're just beautiful so many holes that go down by the lake where yeah, you can lose your disc, but it's so pretty. <laughs> Just like it's real nice going in that water. A very nice gentleman walking his dog found one of my discs, so that was cool. <laughs> Got it back. To I me. mean, the vo the volunteers will have different yeah. um, different opportunities than the ones <laughs> who are like oh, yeah. chasing discs down will, under at Rosedale. It will be our most wooded diva spring fever yet for sure but it'll be fun and most watery it's the first yep. one with water yeah you'll true. be able you'll have a chance to ha uh have your own version of uh what i forgot his name from dd eric he went eric in the McCabe. water yeah no oh, no eric oakley yes. eric oakley you'll have your own eric oakley moment <laughs> yeah. in the Who water the <laughs> looking for a disc <laughs> if you would like to go into the lake and become a meme definitely come out <laughs> to the diva spring fever and to piggyback on that too very excited about the heartland women's series this year yes. Uh, yes, you're going to hear about that a lot when we're doing our podcasts. Um, most organized it's ever been. Uh, the Emporia Ladies Open is going to go to a two-day event. Hopefully we can get our same sweet Airbnb <laughs> again. That's true. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> that that 1970s dream house. <laughs> I was allergic to something there. But other than that, I loved it. Uh, that was a really fun time. Um, and we've got some new events on that tour as well. I cannot wait. I'm really excited to. I'm going to try to hit all of them. I'm fingers yeah. crossed. I, I, I think, can do all I think of I them. am too. Uh, and then the Canadian Women's 
national championship first time ever what? is happening. Um, I think I call that the right thing. Uh, so I, I wonder why do we don't see more Canadian stone here. I mean, we do. There's uh, Sandy Hendel mm-hmm. comes to mind. And don't forget, Elaine King is totes Canadian. That's true. It's easy to forget because she's been in the States for a minute. Uh, but she still talks like a Canadian, and it makes me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just really like Canadians. I've never really met a Canadian that wasn't super awesome. Uh, but anyway, uh, and they're going to do um, hopefully a podcast episode, too, about what's going on out there. So I'm really excited about that. Um, it should be a good year. I don't know. I'm. We'll see kind of how everything goes, how the weather holds. Um, yeah, this off season has been pretty good for me so far. Up until the last couple of weeks, the weather's been really good. Um, and Rosedale has been set super short and I've been feeling like Superwoman and it's really fun. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing what a short course will do for your morale, right? That's true. (laughs) It's like, maybe I didn't get, you know, all the birdies I could have, but I've not gotten anything over a bogey in like 36 holes and that feels pretty great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know, how have your off seasons been, Lupe? We've played a little bit. Yeah, Yeah, we've played a few. Um, Mine has been really, really not busy yeah yeah i haven't done a lot of disc golfing uh probably since like october except for a few uh women's leagues yeah and that's just me being a baby about the weather well we did finally get to play doubles at cliff drive yes at the end of that round the weather like the wind was trying to it was trying to take our souls yeah (laughs) it was trying to take our discs too that was a fun round though that's like the closest ace run i feel like i do like cliff drive a lot yeah yeah it's it's a lot of fun yeah You've been pretty chill too, Liz, because you've had lots yeah. of other stuff going on. But yeah, like my mom's been sick, and my nineteen and a half year old cat has been sick, and we've got the the kittens who are growing, and just it was this time four years ago mm-hmm. that we had to we lost our our boy kitties Eddie and Alex, mm-hmm. and I had all these regrets because I spent all of twenty fifteen playing disc golf and going to mm-hmm. tournaments all the time, sure. and like oh I should have spent more time with my baby, and yeah. I didn't know he was sick, and then he was gone, and so I've been very determined that I'm gonna spend more time with Ithaca mm-hmm. and making sure that yeah. she's happy and comfortable in her last days. And also my mom, my, um, just yeah. with um, my uncle uh, passing away right. last year, who was the kind of like a brother to her. Um, he was her brother-in-law, but gotcha. still um, just being, becoming more mindful of mortality yeah. and not wanting to take them for granted. So, yeah. I've just been putting that first and I'm not playing very well when I do play, but I, as I discovered before, disc golf isn't going anywhere. Good point. And yeah. so I'm um, just gonna, I did have a dream last <laughs> night. I, I dreamed, I, I had a dream about doing walk-ups for my drives, which have been missing since I got injured a few years ago. So. Um, I feel like, yes, that's going to come back. I'm still so mad that I dreamt that I had the like perfect mechanics for a forehand in my dream. And I woke <laughs> up so confident that I finally had it and it yeah, it wasn't there. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> but um but but we've signed up for uh the glass blown open. Yeah. Our our friends are coming back from Norway. Oh, cool. So uh we we have to go and play yeah. it again. And we signed up for the Ledgestone Open because they're going to have this amazing killer player pack, including that adorable little grip G-Series bag, which (laughs) I just wanted one. And so my husband signed us up and he signed up, like paid the extra money to get me the cute little bag. And um, the Tim Selinski U.S. Masters will be in Columbia, Columbia, Missouri. And so Harmony Benz will once again be able to kick my butt. But um, I'll be able to go and defend or at least play to defend my U.S. Masters Women's Championship. I don't know how to properly state that but (laughs) hey i actually won a major last year and i'll be able to go and play in it again this year i anticipate having a lot more competition um, just because of where it's located and there's so many women this year that will be able to play it um chris beam was already talking about scouting out airbnb so i know she'll be playing and um 
I think it'll be pretty cool. It's so, so. weird that I can't wait to turn 40. <laughs> <laughs> right? I get to do all this other stuff. That's true. And so other than that, I'm thinking, wow, I'm going to be playing these big tournaments. And, and I really do want to play in the Heartland Women's yeah. Series. I think um, the Des Moines group, the, the Off the Chains, yeah. they're yeah. having an inaugural event. And I believe it's the same weekend as the Kansas City Wide Open. Mm. at this point at least that's when it's scheduled but you know it's a big deal and Rhonda was was pretty torn about it too Mm. but I would really like to support them yeah and so um and my husband was feeling kind of frustrated about his own disc golf so he said you know what honey you want if you want me to caddy for you, I will go. Nice. I will take you to all the women's tournaments you want to go play in, and I will be your caddy. And you know what? He, ha- when I was playing significantly better several years mm-hmm. ago, it was partly because of him because sure. he watched me play and just would kind of point out to me, you know, when you're putting well, you do this, this, and this, yeah, and things like that. Yeah. So that's cool. Maybe it'll help. Yeah, I know you're planning on doing. The Heartland Women's Series, like you said, Lupe. Any Absolutely. other big 2020 plans? Any big announcements? <laughs> Podcast exclusives? <laughs> there aren't any big announcements. Um, I'm really excited to play the Diva Fever this yeah. year. I've actually never played Smithville. We'll go up there and practice yeah. for sure. We'll, we'll have yeah. to. I did hear that it can have a few holes that turn into pools or ponds. Yeah. But mm-hmm. fingers crossed that's not going to happen I this mean, year. I mean, it kind of does. Like I said, we saw just about as bad as it can be in the rain, and it was still playable. It was miserable as heck, but it was still playable, so... We should be fine, I think. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm excited to go back up to um, Omaha right. for the Omaha Ladies Open. Very excited for Emporia Ladies Open. Hopefully a lot less lightning this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that kind of ended up being fun. Yeah, it wasn't to too bad. Friends. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't too bad, but I was just like, oh, man. If yeah. only the weather could have been like this sure. second round the entire time, it would have been how great. fun was our second round it was so nice was so the fun. weather was so good and there was and a shout out to danny lindahl yeah. just having him caddy for somebody on our card was so fun and we just had the best card like that was still probably with no shade to diva spring fever because that was also a lot of fun yeah and we also ended up on the same second card that time too, <laughs> we always end up on do. the cards um, I, that's was, what happens when you I play together i loved the emporia ladies open last yeah. year it was i did great. too I so, um Oh, sponsorship stuff. I will once again be playing for Team DZ Discs. Me too. Fun. Ta-da. The disc you see is the disc you get. That's right. And use the code Guitar. hashtag <laughs> Team LBB to get a discount. It's true. Um, but um, we're going to, because we're, in order to sign up early for the Ledgestone Open, we um, <laughs> we bought um, T-Sign sponsorships, so like galen is gonna help yeah. us like provide us with some artwork and stuff like that so we're gonna use that use to help DZ promote dz discs, discs. Yeah, and because i mean for the uh tim Selinsky, yeah. um mk carried the the leaderboard for the right. final round and so just like every now and then he'd be in the shot and there's dz discs yep. <laughs> so Gotta, gotta love make it. Those sponsors happy. That's, That's true. Right. To our previously mentioned. Right. I, I may not win as much, but <laughs> yeah, I'm just so excited to play. Like it's been a minute since we put out a podcast, but I have played so much the last three months, and it's been great to just go throw. You know. I agree. Like I feel kind of separated from it because again, the last two weeks the weather here has been very, very bad. <laughs> but yeah. I have faith that weather will improve soon yeah i'm really looking forward to playing more nine hole courses no (laughs) seriously because like nine hole courses almost feel like and it feels it's it sounds dumb to say but it feels like the way of the future Mm. because they're really compact and like short and it's easy to get people to come along with you for nine holes versus like a whole 18 hole round and then if it's set too long it takes like three hours to get through that's true and I don't know, nine hole courses just feel more approachable. Like when you're working with a city that might be kind mm. of like, mm, we're not sure about disc yeah. golf. It might be like an easier sell. And I just like them a lot. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I can dig it. It was fun. I think for the first round of the 
for the U.S. Amateur Match Play Doubles, mm. the Emporia League used um, Hammond Park, okay. which is a nine-hole right. course. Mm-hmm. So um, when Julianne and I were playing Jackie and Shay, um, we played that, and it, we ended up going the full 18 holes. Um, but, I mean, it didn't really feel well, like match you play, were. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a really good example because you don't necessarily have to go all 18, depending on what the score is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just wrap back around and do it again. I like that plan. Yep. All right. So one other thing I wanted to talk about uh, that happened here in the off season, there was an Ulti World article that you should go read that kind of caused a lot of buzz, like anything that Ulti World puts out that is about women's disc golf, I feel like gets a lot of clicks and a lot of controversy. Um, so yeah, Beth uh, Foister put out an article and basically, um, again, you should read it, but kind of a summation of the points brought up that I thought would be good to talk about uh, here just a little bit is the idea of how ratings kind of happen um, when you're playing with with boys versus girls like versus all women's tournaments versus like when there's not women there and you're just playing against all guys and that kind of situation um, and just rating stuff in general. And then she also got a little into just course setup and uh, women's tees and throwing far and kind of all of those things, you know, that we, we talk about a lot, but she came at it from the angle of, is this something that is getting in the way of women's participation? Um, and I thought, yeah, that would be a good thing to talk about. So let's start with ratings. Oh, ratings. <laughs> ratings. So I'm just going to put out there that I think ratings really matter. And I find that the only time I would ever say something like, ah, ratings don't matter, is when I'm sad about my rating. <laughs> <laughs> Because as soon as that rating goes up, boy, I sure do care again. And yeah, there's a reality that I I totally care. Like I'm a numbers person. And um, so it it does matter. And I think we've probably all had the experience where you like come in from a pretty good round, you feel like, and you see your score and your rating like, sweet, that rating is really good. And then the boys start coming in. (laughs) You just watch your rating like drop, right? (laughs) It's like these other players. And like the rating system is sort of supposed to, from what I understand, prevent against that a little bit. But that's not, I think, quite how it executes. I don't know. So yeah, what do you all think about ratings? Is it getting in the way of women being stoked about disc golf or wanting to play? I think ratings don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> I really matter. don't. I think the only time that they matter is if you are really interested in pursuing disc golf as more mm-hmm. than just a hobby. Sure. Because to me, ultimately, if I'm going to go play a tournament, yeah, I want to have a good score, but I don't care what my rating is. I just care how I place. Yeah. Because okay. it's, it's for me, it's very much a one day at a time, one shot at a time kind of game. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't want to know what my score is. I know there are people who are like obsessive. They need to sure. know exactly what they shot. I'm like, I don't want to know anything <laughs> until I'm done. Until yeah. that scorecard is tallied up. And um, I don't think it's keeping pe- women from playing mm-hmm. because I don't think that new players like know yeah. or care about what their rating is i think yeah. they're just bummed out if like for example in the article she referenced some thousand foot holes i'm like yeah. i think what bumps people out is yeah. like the constant like having to throw again yeah. and again and again and just the physical toll that takes mm-hmm. on them yeah but, yeah I, w- I would agree i'd say um Newer players just getting into the sport mm-hmm. a lot don't even necessarily sign up for the PDGA, so yeah, they don't right. know they don't That's even know that ratings yeah. exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, I think a more disheartening experience mm-hmm. is like having those long holes, or if you're you're playing a long or difficult course and maybe having something where there's not a fair drop zone and you're throwing over and over again and you can't land your shot on the island yep. mm-hmm. um, and taking a 21 right. or something like that. Um, or you bring in a score at a league and somebody's like, whoa, you got your money's worth. Because like, I have a... F- <laughs> that happened. Know, right? a, f- a, f- a friend of mine came and played uh, at um, one of our leagues and that was what the director said. And he was just kind of being... He thought he was just being funny, but right. it really hurt her feelings. Sure. And I don't think she's competed since mm-hmm. then. 
um, because yeah, I mean, she, she has some like physical limitations that make it hard and just like that kind of insensitivity. um, How hard is it it to say, did you have fun? (laughs) (laughs) How hard is that? Just say that. Just say, did you have fun? Yes. Yes, I did. Right. And, you know, and if there are, you know, like lots of throws happening, if your card is the bottleneck and having a round take five hours, that can be disheartening. So I I definitely related more in the article to um, her observations about courses that were like more technical and that were seemed better suited to women's play well and like i really really love disc golf obviously and i stuck with it Um, but it took me some tournaments and time and working through those discouragements to get to the place where there are absolutely tournaments that i will not sign up for because there are lawn holes and i'm just not interested in doing that anymore i'm like why should i hate life (laughs) it's okay that i just say you know what i'm going to prioritize these other tournaments instead and it sucks because like part of me always wants to play tournament i don't care what it is like if i happen to have the day off or if somebody just announced something i'm like i want to go play that (laughs) but i've i've done enough play now and i think if i didn't maybe have the bug as much or whatever else i may just play you know diva spring fever and that's it or might have just been put off by the sport altogether um, especially if I'm playing with people who throw farther and I just kind of, you know, give up that obviously this isn't for me. And that kind of goes back to your point about nine holes, Lupe, right? Yeah. Like, um, those are sometimes looked down as like lesser than and we don't yeah. like have tournaments there. Because and- sometimes they're at schools and you you literally can't have a tournament for some right. reason or another. But right. yes, I, I agree. They're looked down on and I think they, if you're town has a few of them why not host like a mini traveling tournament one day just hit up this one and then hit up the next one and that's it just that's a full round and we've talked you know a lot about people play the sport for different reasons but like i'm very competitive i like competing um and i think there's other you know women certainly that are like that and there is the potential that they might just be like well this tournament is obviously geared towards the guys. I'm an afterthought, and there's all these other sports I can go play where I can feel yeah. more like, um, you know, just by the nature of the sport. Like softball, I think, is a really good example, right? Yeah. Where I can feel like I have just as much chance as, as the men, and a hit is a hit, doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Um, and it's just kind of the nature of our sport that all these things do matter way more um just because of how the sport functionally works yeah and i i know that she posed a question about is it like a ratings Mm -hmm. thing or is it a course director thing and i think it's a little bit of both but i honestly feel like it would be easier to change the algorithm than to expect tds to have make those um those options available shorter t's shorter um holes um or shorter or i'm sorry like you said drop zones right Mm -hmm. you know so that you're not stuck making that 15 21 shot hole yeah um i think it might just be easier i know that she asked and yeah just changing the algorithm and it's tricky right because we've probably all had those rounds too where we beat some of the guys that actually Mm -hmm. helps right so it's like it it goes both ways um so i don't know that it's it's always a deterrent but I think that we've had, you know, some success with some tournaments around here that are played at maybe not as long courses. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of people still come out like just because I think partly nature of Kansas City. Um, but some of the tournaments that Rob Martin runs comes to mind, right? Like the Kansas Crush like always sells out. Uh, yeah. And like that is not the world's most difficult course, but it's fun and yeah. we can have fun. And like um, it tends to bring out women and juniors yeah. because it's a, a very playable course. Yeah. And some TDs will like refuse to play really popular courses, but you have to think about it. Like, why are they popular? Sure. It's because Rosedale versus Shawnee Mission, like sure. the difference in the playing uh, in the ability of your regular player, like yeah. you're better suited for Rosedale at a normal pin setting versus sure. Shawnee at a normal long. pin setting. Yeah. 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 
I think that's good. So most of all, though, shout out to Beth for writing the article. Love, love, love seeing women, you know, put stuff out there. And it can be a little bit scary, but um, I think some really good discussions were spurred on by it. And uh, yeah, let's have more women getting out there in disc golf media. Yeah. And remember that growing the sport is at a starts at a local level and then branches out. And, you know, if we can get more women TDs who are Mm -hmm. running tournaments, not necessarily just for women, but with, you know, taking into consideration what an ideal setting would be for their women's divisions. Yeah. Well, that may go a long way. I think the point she made at the end of the article, too, that, you know, some of our age protected divisions, too, will Mm -hmm. also benefit from a lot of these same things. Yes. And juniors. Which is an age-protected difference. So. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Way to be redundant. All right. That brings us to shout-outs. Lupe, you got anything you want to shout-out? Uh, I want to give a shout-out to um, all the local clubs that are working towards growing the sport. Yeah. Um, I know that here in Kansas City, the Kansas City Disc Golf um Kansas Casey Disc Golf works really hard to make sure that you know we're a big part of every Parks and Rec around, mm-hmm. and that um, you're always you know pushing the envelope on like what can we do to grow the sport, what schools can we work with, and etc. So I just want to give a big shout out to um, clubs around who are doing the hard work and are making those connections with their local Parks and Rec. Cool, Liz. Um, just locally um to everyone who's working on their tournaments for this year yeah. especially their the heartland women's series and um, multiple all women events that mm-hmm. are going to be coming we've got the women's global event yeah. so that's great mm-hmm. um uh, anna and crispian uh, my team ace buddies uh, anna's rating just hit an all-time high so i know she's been working really hard Mm -hmm. i'm really proud of her she's doing all the stuff i used to do like going to putting (laughs) league and actually going out and playing like she i think she's played more rounds Mm -hmm. of my husband's safari saturday league than i have um but you know bless his heart he's still going out and doing that so Mm -hmm. that i can stay home and monitor the kitty cat and make sure she doesn't pee on the headboard again (laughs) that's a real thing um but um thank you too for uh continuing the podcast yeah it's great so that wraps up our episode we'll be back with new hopefully pretty much every week episodes starting in march if you're interested in participating in your area and recording some episodes with your own local team uh, please reach out to me at ladies of the chains at gmail.com and yeah should be a fun season we're looking forward to it so thanks as always to dz disc where the disc you see is the disc you get thank you to kansas city thank you to disc golf thank you for listening Have a great rest of your January and February, and we'll catch you back in March on Days of the Chains Discord Podcast.